0: Hey, peoples of the world that we live in and are listening to podcasts. This is Sean Harwell. This is a Never Heard of a Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks, at the very least, and hopefully some of yours as well. I don't do this alone, thankfully. I'm joined today, once again, by my co-host, the uh, crocodile to Dundee, Craig Moorhead. Say hello, Craig.
1: Hey everybody. It's Craig Moorhead.
0: I'm so glad it is. Craig, how are you?
1: I'm doing okay, Sean. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Just imagine how surprising it would be if if it wasn't you on the other end of that. That would be really weird. Yeah. It could happen someday. I'm good, you're good, that's great, we're all good. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know by now, go check out com. You can find links to everything else, but most importantly, perhaps, you can find ways to make suggestions. Uh, let us know if there's something you want us to watch, and you can always say hello on the uh, the places that are considered social, uh, Absolutely. Although, uh, not very nice most times. No. Um, anyways. No. The tee-up for this one was fun. We're talking The Cars That Ate Paris again today. The 1973-74 Peter Weir feature debut. Australia, it's a different country, right? I'm told. It is. It's not even a part of America. Yeah, so there's some names involved in this movie. And uh, you maybe haven't heard of them, but maybe you've seen some of the faces. You might want to refresh your memory on some of that stuff. So check it out. Craig, anything else anybody needs to know before we start... Our discussion today.
1: Uh, you need to be familiar with automobiles.
0: Yeah, you need to have a working knowledge of every engine part of a 1973
1: Datsun. It'll come into play much later.
0: I, I do have some questions on that. But anyway, we'll mm-hmm. get to that. But we're going to start off as we always do with these full episodes now. And we're going to talk just briefly about what else we've been watching. So Craig, tell me, it's been two weeks. Do you see anything good uh, other than the cars at ate Paris.
1: I have seen a few things. And I'll tell you about them right now good the first thing i saw was and stop me if i've already said this because for some reason it feels like we haven't recorded in three years
0: i know it, it goes that way
1: i watched for the first time the curious case of benjamin button
0: that's one i have not revisited i don't think since the theaters yeah
1: i mean i i've, I've just never seen a stitch of it except for the trailers yeah i was pleasantly surprised. I had been neglecting it for so long and not even on the word of anybody. But I was sort of avoiding it because I felt like this is David Fincher's Forrest Gump. And in a weird way, I kind of feel like that ended up being true. But I actually, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Definitely a a super unusual story. The effects mostly hold up.
0: Would you say it's aged well? (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Uh, Even if it's fake. Um, no, go ahead. That's all right. What else were you say?
1: I started Allied, which is the other. Oh
0: yeah, another Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, I want to see that still. Zemeckis.
1: Well, whenever I whenever I get it done, I'll, I'll talk it up. It's it's streaming, so no reason not to
0: streaming demons
1: uh what about you sean what do you watch
0: i watched a handful of stuff so you're making me look bad like i just sit mm. around and watch movies the whole time i mm-hmm. didn't because i've talked about this before i started the hateful eight well i finished the hateful eight. Oh, darn it wow that's a that is an interesting experience of a, of a movie it there is. yes yeah that first chunk of that movie it really makes you work for the payoff of the end but uh Just, uh, I I thought it just, it paid off brilliantly. Just, just, uh, oh man. Is that the most violent movie he's made? I mean, it feels like it in some ways, even though that seems crazy to say.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's so much the most violent, so much as the one with the most impact from the violence. I'd
0: say it's very impactfully violent. Like every yeah. gunshot, and there's probably yeah, not that many, but boy, you feel them. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, if you've been putting that off like I did, I I, I definitely recommend taking the plunge. Maybe break it up. I did that. Uh, sure. I also checked out 20th Century Women, the Mike Mills movie with Annette Bening and a host of others, which How's I that? I really wanted to see. That you know, I liked Beginners. A lot his previous movie i didn't love this one it it, by the end of it i was kind of went over by its its charms a little bit and kind of just the characters and the acting and all that stuff but i don't know it's it it wasn't my favorite and mostly just because of like structural things and voiceover i don't know there's some like cutesy stuff in it that just didn't quite work for me but um oh man craig i finally watched it you know i've been talking i gotta watch it
1: That's a tough one. Still
0: haven't seen Black Panther. Have you seen this most recent version of it?
1: I certainly did.
0: Okay. What did you, I can't remember. Tell me what you thought about that just briefly before I say a word further.
1: Uh, I'll say this. There are a few really choice bits in there that are just executed beautifully for my money. Mm -hmm. Like I loved like a few specific scenes that I feel like kind of came in in the first half. I think the the, cast of kids was absolutely fantastic but overall the movie just did not hit me very hard i guess okay i I, I guess i guess the thing at toward like toward the end of it i just felt like man we're really going for the cgi stuff i don't know it just it just kind of removed me from the thing but i but uh, there were certainly some uh, very effective moments. What about you?
0: Well, see, I was on eggshells a little bit because I know you're you're a pretty big fan of the original book, at least, and uh, yeah. And we've talked about that before. Yeah, it it didn't work for me, man. I don't know, like yeah. just from from the game, never quite grabbed. Me. I just by the end of it, I felt like. This is a really episodic movie. Like it just felt like it was missing like some of the connection between all these moments of uh, clown madness. Yeah, and I I don't know. Like it's been such a long time since I've referenced the source material or that original Tim Curry version and uh, yeah I don't know I was pretty disappointed by that based on the sort of like raging success that it was but like yeah. I said yeah there's definitely some great moments and it's some really nice direction in it and set design and all that stuff super curious to see the sequel though I will say that much
1: yeah I mean that's the thing I, I read the book shortly before like reread the book before I saw that movie and, and, and like the book didn't even necessarily hold up all the way oh yeah okay like, it, it definitely <laughs> yeah. felt like there was a lot more filler in there But but still what I love about that book is probably the parts that aren't really a horror story like it's almost yeah so much about that town like you feel you've lived in it by the end of that book
0: yeah and that i felt was missing a little bit like yeah i didn't get a good sense of like place or time or anything like i was just like i don't i'm not sure why this is the 80s other than it makes it easy to not have the kids have cell phones and stuff and like explains why they're outside
1: yeah and again uh well i guess i shouldn't say again i've never said it on this podcast In a perfect world for me, Stranger Things and It would trade places. Yeah. Stranger Mm. Things would be a movie and it would be a long running series. I I could get behind that 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 idea. I really could.
0: Uh, Hey, the pick of my past two weeks, though, actually, uh, is a documentary called Mommy, Dead, and Dearest. Do you know of this? No. Oh, man. Okay. I've, I've heard nothing about this and it was on HBO, I think, last year. I highly recommend this thing. It is about a woman who had a child, a young daughter. And then it was believed that that young daughter had uh, leukemia and various diseases and was confined to a wheelchair. And none of that was true. But the daughter (laughs) didn't know the extent of it because the mother, I think it's called uh, Munchausen by proxy syndrome, where you invent illnesses, but you do it through another person. And it ends with some murder. And it's fascinating. It's really, really interesting. Especially all you parents out there, uh, you'll feel pretty good about your own parenting. <laughs> <laughs> that woman was very, very, very mentally uh, disturbed in, uh, in, in what she was doing, but it, it's fascinating. It's, it's really, really interesting. I highly recommend checking it out. Streaming on HBO goes and nows. So go check it out. Absolutely. The future promises great things for our town. The light is at the end of the tunnel welcome to paris hey let's talk uh the cars today paris then uh a synopsis imdb and this is important too because i want to talk about this uh you got the small town of paris australia deliberately causes car accidents then sells slash salvages all valuables from the wrecks as a means of economy once again peter weir Behind the wheel of this one. That's good. Thank you. That hopefully will be the last pun I use. John, I think we landed on Melon. We didn't, we didn't land on anything. There's an actor land. Yeah. who plays the mayor. His first name is John. You've seen him before. Terry Camilleri plays Arthur Waldo. I looked it up. He plays Napoleon in uh, Bill and Ted's excellent Totally. Miniature. Yep, you'll, you'll yeah. know it immediately, you see that face. And Bruce Spence, who we talked about is being very recognizable from the Mad Max franchise. And several other town folks who kind of fit the bill of looking like weird or old Australians. Hmm. Craig, <laughs> the stereotypes aside, hmm. you had not seen this movie, but you were familiar of it. And I want to talk about this specifically, and this ties into the synopsis. We talked about the fact that, you know, maybe this, like, poster or the vhs art looks familiar to us the image of a mm-hmm. volkswagen beetle with spikes seems familiar with us so what did you think watching this movie and maybe based upon the expectations of that artwork
1: in a funny way i mean the, the artwork is not it's not really false advertising mm-hmm. but it kind of feels like false advertising kind of, a little bit. yes but regardless of that I, I had a great time with this movie i wish i had a like a blu-ray copy i wish i uh Maybe the audio is a little better. Okay. Like the presentation wasn't, wasn't the best that I was watching, but uh, in terms of what the movie is, what it accomplishes on what seems to be a pretty small budget, I was thoroughly pleased. Uh, what about you?
0: Same in a lot of ways. It, I kind of felt like I'm having like all these contradictory reactions to this thing because yeah. I think that synopsis is a little misleading. I Mm -hmm. think that poster is, I think the title is a little misleading, you know, a lot misleading in some ways, even though it's awesome. Case in point, I clocked it. That Volkswagen Beetle with the spikes does not show up until an hour 13 into this one hour 31 minute movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like
1: you literally and and you see cars throughout this entire movie. Crazy cars.
0: Yeah. Lots of cars. There's no shortage of crazy cars, but that specific car Nope, that's not happening. You know, it's no. I was just like, imagine if like Knight Rider, like if Kit di- yeah. didn't show up until like the last like three <laughs> minutes of the pilot episode or whatever. So on that that front I was just like, well, this is I don't think this movie is exactly what I thought it was. And yet I definitely liked it. Like it's just yeah. from the word go establishes a, a different mood than what I think was being sold. And one that I thought was cool. I mean that's that was like the yeah. relief of it all. I was pleased, I I think, you know, and we had someone, a friend, comment on Facebook about how, just how good Peter Weir is as a director, and how, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, he is not mentioned in the same breath as, as some of, like, our great directors from that era, and yet, man, his filmography is just astounding. Really, I mean, when you yeah. get to the bottom of it, this is, a, I think, a really fascinating debut for him. I mean, in some ways, I think you could could look at something like Duel that Spielberg did, and mm-hmm. this as being like, okay, like yeah, they were kind of like starting off at the same starting line in a weird sure. way. So yeah, that was my overall thing. Was like. This thing is kind of great, but it's kind of not what I was expecting. I, I will say, I should have given you my filmstruck.com password. I'm sorry. We'll do that sometime. It looks great. <laughs> it looks great there. I, I had no complaints about I'm the sure transfer. It it, it it was yeah. very pristine. I think it maybe was a, a recent remaster. But uh, plot-wise, there's a few things that, to me, just don't quite work Like or just didn't sell me on. And yeah. if anything, that's what's holding this movie back. It almost doesn't depend on those things. Like, it still works because it's all about, like, the vibe of it and the presentation of it. I got to ask you, Craig, and, it, like, the plot of movie is very simple. I don't think this is, like, skipping ahead too far. But let's let's talk about this based on that synopsis. Do you have a solid understanding of what exactly this town is doing? <laughs> no, and why they're doing it, and how the hell like everybody is on board doing this?
1: No, I'm not. And in fact, I would say for yeah, most of the movie, I was very puzzled by the relationships <laughs> yeah. of what was going on. I, I mean, it, it's it it is one of those movies where, despite that, I'm enjoying what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. and maybe that's just the handling of it it doesn't really you know it doesn't really grind to a halt at any point it doesn't kind of go off on tangents that don't matter it's a fairly lean movie Yep. but yeah i mean i, I don't know about you but for me um i didn't understand necessarily that the cars and the people driving them were terrorizing the town
0: i didn't get that sense of, i mean until the very end. Like I thought end. they were a part of the town. Like, yes. I thought
1: everyone was against Waldo.
0: I thought that was sort of like representative of the youth. I mean, and then at some point, right. there's like a mayoral, like a city council meeting where they're talking about that our youth have nothing to do and are lazy and need work, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they're just out there just rip shitting it up in these cars. <laughs> that are, yeah. You know, as you would do.
1: Well, yeah. And, and I guess that's the thing. So the, the the way you get into this movie is. That and we'll talk about the very first scene. I still want to mention the very
0: yeah <laughs> I loved scene, it. Uh, which I loved is amazing. It, yeah,
1: but our our hero Arthur Waldo is in a wreck. He's the only one who survives, and he wakes up in a hospital in the town. And it's it's a pretty weird place. And yep. and like when he gets out, like all these people are basically like throwing a funeral for his friend. Like he doesn't know anyone in the town. Correct. But everyone seems very sad and all that stuff. So everyone's pretty weird there's weird stuff going on and then when waldo tries to walk out of town there there are these cars like on the outskirts of town that kind of scare him away Mm -hmm. not to jump too far ahead so i guess my thing is yeah i just lumped everybody into one category it seemed like this, this is just how the town is and you know it's it's waldo against the world yeah instead of like there are these sort of these two factions that are at odds with each other until the end. Right. And, I mean, honestly, maybe that made it all the better. That it, that it kind of revealed itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like that there are factions. But I do, I mean, I feel like that's just, like, part of my just my general confusion about, like, mm-hmm. what the hell exactly is going on in this town. And it's tricky because it is one of those situations where it's, like, you kind of don't want it explained to you, <laughs> at least right. not poorly. You would like to have it kind of gradually figured out by the protagonist and yet they really push the limits of that i think in this in this particular movie because i still i was left with it was like reading that synopsis you know it was like talking about they sell and salvage all the salvage all the valuables from the wrecks true we see that you know they literally are like taking money out of people's wallets like the people that die in these auto accidents that they right. caused to happen they strip the vehicles but as a means of economy, I mean, like, what? Like, we don't, I don't remember seeing them sell jack shit. Like, this is like the dirt, poorest yeah. town you've ever seen in your life. So, and I was also was just like, well, like, how much money is any given person driving through this town gonna have on them? You can't, like, sustain an entire town on that.
1: Well, but I mean, but also, if you can't leave the town, and I'm assuming anyone who comes into this town can't leave, what do you need the money for? Yeah,
0: that's a good point. W-
1: what do you, Buying, the, I mean, yeah, that I have comes no clue. From, I, I don't know. Those are probably not the things to focus on.
0: No, and then the other one I had was then this, but this also has to do with the setup of basically it's it's sort of like that kind of classic like stranger comes into a town or stranded into in a town or you know the car breaks down and they wander into this weird place, Rocky Horror mm-hmm. Picture Show kind of thing. But yeah, here it's the accident has been staged. You got Arthur Waldo and I think his brother are driving in. They've got, it's sort of like a little teardrop camper of sort, caravan that they're towing behind them. They pull off the main road after seeing signs that they're, you know, travelers welcome. And they pull off on that dirt road, which, you know, is just like a classic mistake. You never do that if you're in a movie. Like, sure, you know, no. It's just it's not going to lead to good things. It's nighttime. There's a bright light we see that looks to be a, uh, a person who's basically sending the signal to the rest of the town that there is a car approaching. And then the accident happens, and I was kind of confused by that. Mm-hmm. Because, and I saw it again in the trailer, and I feel like this is one of those instances where they like, well, they only had so much money to do the thing. But it appears as if the brother is driving. He's, like, looking straight ahead, and, well, I know from later on in the movie that there was, like, a truck positioned on the side of the road facing them, and then some very bright lights attached to this vehicle and they would shine them at the oncoming traffic that they wouldn't be able to see us they'd be forced to go off the road which is exactly what happens but in that moment it was I, I just found it very confusing and then they roll down a hill and we see the caravan break up but nobody's yeah. in the caravan and then the car just stops and like, it doesn't right. flip or anything and so I was just like and then you cut to the hospital and you find out that the brother is dead and I was like wait 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 wait, hang on what what <laughs> I mean, yeah. Did you get the any sort of vibe that anything fatal happened in that accident, based on the way it was shot?
1: De- definitely, it, it did not seem like the worst. It d- didn't seem like a wreck that people couldn't walk away from. Okay, yeah, necessarily. But I mean, given the movie and the you know, and clearly kind of the budget and everything, like I was kind of assuming, and based on the that very first scene, I was just assuming, yeah, like this is going to be so, somebody, somebody's going to die. Like, I, I, and at that point in the movie, I assumed. The point was to kill people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. i am just like, I can't, I kept finding myself I was like, why did they include that shot though? I mean, I feel like if they had yeah. just shown it go off the road and cut out of the, sure, like we'll fill in the void. Sound
1: effects. Yeah. And, and just it, don't show what happens.
0: And in yeah. fact, they tell Arthur Waldo that, you know, I'm very sorry, but your brother died, you know, the car caught on fire. I think they they say that he was burnt, right? Like he, there was a fire and explosion. Well, yeah,
1: the guy at the hospital, I think, okay, talks about. Oh him right, being burnt yeah. Kind of
0: Daryl, right? Yeah, and he's a piece of work too. Like he, mm-hmm. <laughs> was he the one that was wearing like the leather jacket with like the literal like car plate, the uh, the like name plates of the types of cars like pinned to his? Yeah, jacket? that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was interesting. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean those are those are big hurdles I think to get over a little bit conceptually than just execution wise as far as getting the movie. And yet I really I I didn't have too much mm-hmm. of a problem looking past that other than just making me feel confused. And yet the movie is sort of it kinda wants you to be confused. I mean it's definitely playing into that later on and it's certainly Arthur Waldo, our protagonist, is confused himself, so in a lot of ways, yeah. not knowing what this talent is, is up to works to its advantage, although I think, you know, again, they maybe pushed it a little bit too far. But, sure. uh, okay, well, let's not go any further than we were talking about that opening a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but the last thing I expected when this movie, when I pressed play, was that it would open on like a really bright, sunny, beautiful mansion with like a waka 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 you waka, know, like a yeah. like a chaka chaka no. guitar, porno music going on. What did you think about that whole sequence?
1: I thought that sequence was hilarious. It was so funny. At one point, it feels like it's a Coca-Cola commercial because they just have this Coke can and it's just turned yep. right to the thing, and they're just and they're just a couple of beautiful people driving. It's a wonderful day.
0: No dialogue, right? No
1: dialogue. They're just driving. Everybody's happy. Everybody's they they they, they see people on the road. They're waving. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? <laughs> I'm just like, what? What is this?
0: And then what happens, do you remember?
1: Actually I don't remember what forces them off the road.
0: The wheel just completely comes off. their entire tire oh, comes yeah. off the car. Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, that's so good. The wheel comes off, like everything is so happy. The wheel comes off and they just fly violently off the road. That was great. And that one does flip. Oh right? man, like, yeah. No. Like... And
0: like they're in a convertible with there was like a framed painting in the back seat <laughs> that they had yeah. bought it someplace. And uh yeah, there was no question that they weren't making it out alive of that one. I yeah. did read that the Coke thing was actually they were sort of spoofing a popular Coca-Cola commercial at the time. And there's a moment, I don't think it was in that sequence, but shortly right after that, there was a moment where they pass people who are putting a, a like a baby cow in the trunk of a cow car uh, oh yeah that was amazing and they seem
1: to be trying to do it on the slide yes
0: which i think you know if you're doing that you should do it on the slide because yeah, anybody else sees no. you, should be stopping you
1: nothing to be proud of
0: i thought it was interesting and it never came back into play as far as i could tell really they stop at what looks like a gas station slash employment office mm-hmm. and the brother goes in or he like gets in line and then somebody comes out and you get the the vibe that okay there's no more work for anybody today but it was the weirdest thing, and like that's one of those things that has to be specifically cultural to Australia because yeah, there's what appeared to be like two or three soldiers in front of it. One of them is drinking mm-hmm. a coke again. If anybody out there knows what that's all in reference to, I would love to hear about it. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Just it was it was an interesting little continuation of that opening, which I thought was so great. But yeah, basically after Arthur has his accident wakes up in the hospital, you know, we meet this sort of doctor slash therapist character and he feeds there's like some load that he feeds to Arthur about how and I think it was Arthur if I'm not mistaken, about how well really all the interesting and really exciting experimental work is being done in the country, not the city, you know? Um right. which I was like, wait wait what?
1: Arthur's like, I'm sold. Like uh, well, yeah, I guess I, I should stay. <laughs> what yeah, is um... this conversation?
0: But he does this sort of test where he shows Arthur pictures. And he's like, just say the first thing that you think of based on this photo. And it's like, okay, yeah, we've seen that before. But he'll insert images of a car crash. And then those escalate into images of the victims of the car crash. And that in some ways, if I remember correctly, was sort of the first non-sort non-action-y thing that... Oh, okay. There, there is something desperately strange going on in this town, and I really like that. Yeah. I, I mean, that to me, in some ways, it feels like horror movie thing, you know? Like yeah. that's a horror movie beat, and yet I don't. I don't know. Would you classify this as a horror movie? No, it's it's. Yeah, I know it's not. I mean, well, at the same
1: time, I mean, it's you know, it's it's like the the, the first place I ever heard about it was in the pages of Fangoria. So, I mean. I mean, I, I guess it's more of a horror movie than it is anything else. Yeah, uh, I
0: mean, I suppose you could say that, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly not a not, not your traditional horror movie, I guess.
0: Yeah, but uh, after that, it's basically Arthur's going to be okay. He goes to stay with the mayor. You know, there's a couple other little weird moments. They have this, like, dinner with the mayor's family, and they're sitting there, and he's got mm-hmm. two daughters, and one of the daughters put, pulls her hair behind her ear, and we see a nice big scar on her face. Uh, that's never explained. I don't even recall seeing the daughters much after that scene. Nice little touch, though, right? Yeah, I mean, and I was
1: assuming that these are not their biological daughters.
0: I think that is what we're supposed to take away. I would assume that they probably were in a car crash themselves. Uh, maybe right. the parents didn't make it out. There is, again, I think I mentioned the city council meeting, and I liked that a lot. It's <laughs> really mundane yeah. like small office they're talking about the town and all these little things and then it was like there's the matter of our visitor and uh, the mayor says yes we're keeping him i wanted to ask you after knowing everything else that follows with arthur and, and his relationship to this town and, and not letting him leave do you have a good understanding of why they kept him no because he doesn't know enough, uh, well, I mean he certainly seems like he just bought the explanation that his brother died in this accident, and right, so I didn't feel like he was a threat to go away and come come back with like the authorities right
1: I, yeah, I mean I guess I guess the what makes him valuable is that they know that he uh was responsible for accidentally killing somebody with his car,
0: oh, uh, yeah, that was a nice little detail,
1: yeah, and then his brother was killed in that car wreck. So he's kind of like, he's really vulnerable. They can really, uh, they can really mess with him. But yeah, there was kind of that thing. Like, like it didn't, um, he didn't necessarily seem to serve a purpose that they were, you know, like there wasn't a need they were trying to fill. And then they had this guy and they're like, Oh, we'll keep him. But at the same time, it's, it's also kind of creepier that it's just like, you know, we're going to keep him like they're just collecting pets.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think some of that is explained by you know, the mayor sort of presents himself to Arthur as, like, my wife and I were not able to have a son. And uh, you get there, there's sort of the thing where Arthur is filling that void in their family, mm-hmm. I guess, which is yeah. creepy and interesting when the guy is a grown, grown-ass grown man who kind of looks like Roman Polanski or something, but yeah. Right. Um, so I, I don't know, yeah, it just it was a question I had, and again, it was just another one of those where it's like you, you're not getting an explanation, so you either just kind of go along with it and accept it or not. There's also the fact that there's a lot of like psych ward patients in this town, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're to assume rightfully that the therapist guy, the doctor has those are the experiments that he's talking about and that those are all also victims of these accidents, perhaps?
1: Yeah, and for that matter, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I assume the the hospital is pretty much populated by... Yeah, Yeah,
0: because, I I mean, like, why would that town have a hospital to begin with? You know, it's so small.
1: Right, didn't seem state-of-the-art.
0: I loved their presence in this movie. I mean, there's such good usage of the... I thought, like, there's a great shot where you just see, like, three of these, like, ward patients with their faces pressed against this frosted glass door. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even remember the circumstances of why they cut to that, but it's great. Um, and then they make an appearance in Fool later on when the mayor has his, like, little town celebration party and they show up to this dance and they, <laughs> one of them has, like, a like a cereal box on his head that he's, like, yeah. turned into a Halloween mask or something. And it was just such... Oh, weird creepy vibe by all of that stuff. It, it just they, they have no sort of impact on the plot whatsoever.
1: Yeah. It it definitely ended up being background. I got to say I was expecting him to see his brother. Like I honestly I thought the guy with the rice krispies box on his head, he was going <laughs> to pull that thing off and it was going to be his brother.
0: Oh, that would have been interesting. And he was going
1: to freak out. Yeah. Um, that would have been that would have been a nice no. turn. Would a nice we, didn't go for any, we didn't go for any easy, uh, you know, tying up of loose ends.
0: No. You know, I think that does sort of play into the thing that you mentioned before about the two sort of factions in this town. And, and one clearly is led by the mayor. And I thought this was visualized nicely by somewhere around the middle of the movie. You know, we, we get to a Sunday and there's the scenes where there's a group of people in church in this town. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Reverend is an outsider, which is interesting. It comes into play later on, but it's a small group and it's a particular group. And then Mm -hmm. at the same time, we're getting the parallel action of all those people who are not there are out in the streets going wild and like staging a demolition derby with all these cars (laughs) that they've oh, man, made yeah. from the the pieces of these accidents.
1: And on that note, I don't know how you felt about this, but it, like I think it added to the suspense of the movie, what suspense there was, that pretty much all of these stunts, I felt like somebody was going to die. <laughs> There's a lot like, of moments, yeah. It just seemed like they would just have guys just standing around and then some jalopy goes flying over a bunch of other cars. Oh, and I was like, yeah. maybe you guys should stand back a little bit.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of car violence in this movie for the budget i think i think they they yeah. i mean i don't even remember what we said it was but it was certainly less than uh seven hundred and fifty thousand if memory serves yeah i was i, I was so. impressed by by how just how much they got in there with these these cars just wreaking havoc on this place oh yeah
1: and and even just set design for that yeah. matter it's like mm-hmm. there's so many shots i mean they, they had so many just hollowed out cars just yeah all over the place
0: yeah it was great but that faction, as far as the leader is concerned, it's it's basically the character of Daryl that we mentioned who sort of works as an orderly for the, um, the psych ward, basically. And mm-hmm. we see him in various instances. He seems to revel all too much in telling the gory details of what happened to Arthur's brother to Arthur. Didn't get the sense that he was just like some sadistic asshole. I mean, I think we are supposed to believe that the mayor is the true villain of this endeavor, correct?
1: Yes. It seems like he is. I mean, they they certainly seem to have given him the power. No one seems to have any power over him, except maybe the punks in the cars. Mm Mm-hmm who like who like kind of worry him. Right. But other than that, yeah, it seems like he seems to be in charge.
0: Yeah, and exactly and, and but that's a complicated position for him. And I think that's where he rubs into problems with the other faction in that he wants to do this very lawless, illegal thing and stage these accidents and yet use that to sort of project this image of a very functioning, normal, prosperous town right you know you can't have your cake and eat it too and so you know he's basically encouraging one sort of vandalism if not murder but then trying to silence this other manifestation of of that with just these guys going crazy on their cars and that that really comes to a head when gosh i I won't remember the, the exact beats of it but Arthur, to help prevent him from leaving this town and from talking to the Reverend, the one outsider who frequently visits, because along the way, you know, and we'll talk about Arthur in a second. I do want to ask you about him as a protagonist, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's getting uncomfortable with the fact that he's in this town and stuck here and that there's, you know, it's not quite what it seems. And to help keep him there, the, the mayor gives him uh, or appoints him as like the minister of parking. <laughs> which yes, is hilarious parking officer <laughs> in a town yes. where there cannot be a single solitary outlined parking space with paint. <laughs> no, as far as you can see. But he
1: seems so yeah. He he seems pretty pretty happy. He's getting this positive attention. Yeah, and I mean they they have their they have their very official meeting and they have an armband. Loved it. They, yeah open a box and shake his hand and applaud and it's just like wow all right yeah but yeah they just they just basically they want him to confront the the guys in the car yeah
0: pretty much and i like that arthur kind of fell for that but yeah and so yes you get the scene where there daryl has his car parked where i guess it shouldn't be and he's just grabbing parts out of some broken ass looking building and when Mm -hmm. arthur confronts him about moving it you know he's got his three or four hoodlums And they don't like that. And so they take it out on the mayor by, you know, driving through his yard one night and knocking over his like racist Aboriginal uh, ceramic statue out front.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, that's a good way to piss somebody off, right? Sure. But anyway, there's not a ton more escalation than that. I mean, really, like, it's not much more than that. It's that the mayor seems to be increasing his. Number of rules that he's trying to impose upon the rest of this town when, but at the same time saying, but I still need you guys to to create these accidents. And so builds to a boil where he ends up catching one of the guys that I think they believe, you know, drove through the mayor's yard and burning Mm -hmm. his car. And they're, like, holding him in front of it, making him watch it as if, like, he's watching his, like, spouse and loved ones be decapitated or something. And, like, his reaction is is similar. At that moment, I was like, okay, yes. Like, this is is what I wanted from this movie. And this is, like, really (laughs) getting into that you know, car as violence culture thing that we talked about in the tee-up. Yeah. To give you, like, a sense of the vibe of this movie. And, like, again, just, like, where I think Peter Weir just made really, really interesting choices. I think it was in that scene, but if not, there's a similar scene and a bunch of scenes where they take something like that, but then the music is, like, piano or something synth, or, and you just pull, pull all the sound, like, the actual, like, on-set sound out. And it, yeah. he just does that to such good effect to create a mood, and like we've talked about this kind of like ad nauseum at this point with like these low budget movies. It's like, man, that's what I want. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll forgive so much on the plot side when I know you've only got like five hundred thousand. Just like give me a mood and like a fingerprint. Yeah, there's so many moments in this where I, I think they, they absolutely do.
1: You listen to me. Now you get this into your mind. Nobody leaves Paris. No one.
0: Is there anything else we're missing in describing the two factions of these town? Ta- I mean, there is like a, a policeman in this town who right. seems... He seems to be able to lay the law down. Kind like of, the, but he seems shady to me too. Like I didn't, he's not yeah. like a guy that you, you want to like hold up as like the moral compass of this thing by any means, you know?
1: Right. To me, it kind of seemed like he was trying to calm the, these guys down because, you know, he had some kind of racket or something. Although yeah, I, know, I don't right? feel like that's ever brought up, but like no. that's kind of what it felt like.
0: Yeah. I mean, they all kind of have a racket. They're all like complicit yeah. in this. OK, so it's building to this night for this pioneer party. I, I can't remember exactly what they called it, um, but basically it's a town hall event where they've got like a very small trio of musicians or so and people come dressed up as quote-unquote pioneers and dance. Again, like the psych ward shows up. There's a guy who shows up wearing a, the straw hat and a sign that says Chinaman on it, and he's he's not at all Asian. Oh, boy. Um, and I was like, what is going on here? It's really interesting, but you know that the people who aren't at that event are up to something, and that's going to be the night that the shit goes down, and we finally get our shots of that, that beetle with spikes and they set themselves up on, I think, a hill, like, overlooking the town, you know. And get oh, yeah. the shot with the headlights and revving the engines. And then they, they <laughs> let loose on this town. You know, I can't sit here and tell you that I know exactly, like, why they would do that. Because I think, I mean, this is where they live, correct? Oh, yeah. And, and it's not just limited to getting back at, at the mayor. Like, they don't just go after his home. Uh, you know, they're out for murder and do commit murder. That is probably where this is going to feel related to anything like Mad Max at all, I think, is in that final showdown. I don't know, Craig, I kind of loved all that stuff. I mean, there's such good things going on with, you know, I felt like the editing was right as far as what we're seeing. There's a great sort of tracking shot of the one guy who tried to stand in front of the spiked beetle, which seemed like a terrible idea.
1: And that's not a good idea. And he gets
0: impaled and is still hanging on there as it's driving yeah. away. Yeah, you get the town running for it, uh, the ones that would hope to get out. I mean, that's really Arthur's moment to flee, and yet he doesn't get away scot-free, uh, at least from a moral or consequence standpoint. He finds a car in, I don't know if it was a house or just a garage at this point, but clearly, you know, it's been crashed into... Oh, yeah. By Daryl in an in mm-hmm. a, a opposing car, and with the mayor's encouragement, Arthur, who we've known has been so racked with guilt from accidentally hitting an old and killing an old man years ago and having lost his license that he can't even physically bring himself to drive when he gets the opportunity early in the movie like he has a full-on panic attack. But in this yeah. moment, he's able to ram his car backwards into Daryl's car and kill him. I thought the staging of that was a little weird. I wasn't sure there was a moment where Daryl's car is not behind Arthur's car, and it just felt like yeah. he put himself in the line of fire on purpose a little bit. <laughs> but that said, yeah, it w- I don't know. But like, what did you think of all that? Because I don't, know, I don't know. I'm still parsing it out.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, so it, it seems to be sort of you know he's. Um, Arthur is cheered on by the mayor and then of course Arthur keeps doing it and is successful in killing Daryl. It is a good bit of irony there yeah. where Arthur has gotten to the point where not only can he feels like he can actually drive the car again. I mean, before, yeah, he completely freaked out sitting in a car and now he can drive the car and kill people. And get out and smile and say like I can drive. I can drive. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm still kind of chewing on that one. Yeah, for its uh yeah larger meanings, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a good bit of a of turnaround there.
0: I think it helps a little bit in the commentary of it all about how this town is able to get everybody on board. It's just like at a certain point, you know, once you're trapped there. The sort of group think takes over, or the mayor's influence takes over, and the next thing you know, you're doing something you never would have done prior to that. Yeah. I think it maybe would have been cool if we had seen Arthur, like, fully turn, and just on his way out of town, he's just running mofos over left and right. Sure. Because <laughs> he does, he does, he, may, he makes a break for it after that, and supposedly there's, like, a trap so that nobody can get out of this town, but, you know, he he doesn't kind of come into contact with that. And and we are led to believe that he makes it out of there alive and and all will be right. With with
1: a smile on his face.
0: And that I mean, that's kind of cool too. Like it it is that sort of like, what exactly does he feel about what he's just done? You know? Yeah. It's an unexpected moment. And I think it's cool. And then there's like a French song that plays over the end of it, which is not (laughs) at all what I think would happen in nine, nine out of 10 versions of that movie. is just kind of awesome. So, uh, it is, I don't know. He gets away. And that is really sort of—I don't want to say the only, but it's definitely the biggest active thing that Arthur does in this entire movie. Yeah. Do you have any sort of sense of that, or any, is it even worth critiquing him as like a protagonist? Because in some ways, he's—he's—I don't want to say inconsequential, but he has so little effect on the plot of this movie. Yeah. He is a passenger well, he- in in the every sense of the word in a lot of ways
1: yeah for sure i think it's it's kind of a good example of a movie where your hero is an observer i was talking about curious case of benjamin button earlier Mm -hmm. like he's he's very much an observer in that movie that was one thing i kept thinking about you know like he's he's there to to see things and not necessarily he doesn't necessarily have a goal right he just keeps living as uh matthew mcconaughey might advise. (laughs) yes (laughs) It's it's kind of a good example of that. Like the the hero who's an observer, you have so much stuff going on and developing and yet you still have your observer character still has something that, that you know, he kind of needs to take care of. Yeah. And he's just sort of maybe too toast to like really take care of it until he's like pushed to the just the brink of madness. Uh-huh. It's sort of like he's so happy to have overcome this dumb fear of cars that it doesn't <laughs> matter if he murdered somebody to do yeah. it. He is over his fear of cars. And, and I, guess that is, I guess that is kind of the thing, right? You were saying last week that someone said that whereas America has, we, we, we have, we're a culture of guns, Australia is a culture of cars. It's like it's more important to be able to drive yeah. than, than to keep anyone alive. Someone's life is worth less than your car. That is pretty much what
0: this uh, movie is uh, saying the whole way through. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's uh, the one takeaway you can come up with as far as at least the town's opinion on what they're doing. There is certainly little chance of having that much of an observer protagonist in most movies today. And I think certainly if this movie were made today, it would probably fall a little more squarely in the horror genre. I mean, like I feel like you would have to have a scene where Arthur gets a hold of a shotgun or something, you know, this, you know, some some means of defending himself against the crazies in this town. But yet, again, I don't know. I kind of like that about this. I mean, like I I yeah. can tell you nothing about this guy other than he killed somebody with his car. And he's sort of soft-spoken, and and that's about it. And yep. those are like all like things that you you would like get so many notes if you tried to build a, a, a protagonist. It's <laughs> like the center of anything you're doing today. Like it just would it yeah. would be so hard to make it fly that. I don't know I mean if, if for no other reason like I kind of have to admire and appreciate what they did here with this and and, and his performance I mean I think it's a really that's a tricky thing to kind of play It is. I think he sold it well like there was never a moment where I was just like I just don't believe he's not get, trying to get the hell out of there. Like I know I totally yeah. believe that he was just like, well, you know, this isn't that bad and my brother died and I don't really have anywhere to go and I don't have a job and maybe maybe yeah. maybe I will stick around. Like that I never questioned. And that's huge. I mean that really is. Like if that's not believable, this whole movie kind of falls apart. Right. So well done, Mr. Terry Camillary. Absolutely. The names that rhyme. Craig, anything else about this movie you want to say?
1: I don't know. I feel like we really uh, covered the, the major bases there.
0: Love all the music in this movie, if I haven't made that clear enough. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't really talk about Bruce Spence in this movie, the guy from All the That's true.
1: Yeah, Charlie.
0: Yeah, Charlie. I mean, he's a really interesting character. It's not a huge part, but he certainly struck me as someone who's not sane enough to fit in with the even, like, the two factions, really, of this town, but not crazy enough to be in the psych ward or... Maybe he was just right. has the benefit of he was born there, and so he's not in the psych ward. Man, he if I'm not mistaken, Craig, he just completely blew away the reverend with a shotgun when the reverend yes. was driving into town for no other reason than he felt slighted by the fact that he didn't get to pick the cars or get the pieces of cars that he wanted some of the other times, yeah. and he really wanted that car or something.
1: Yes, he he blew the reverend's head completely oh, off. Man.
0: yeah it's brutal yeah this is one of those movies like you just gotta see it to really grasp it you know because mm-hmm. <laughs> like we haven't talked about and i don't know how like i can and say it even to explain just the joy i felt watching the number of old women in this movie who were just yeah. taking apart cars and polishing <laughs> a <laughs> headlight in their house and like that's such a yeah. weird thing and those faces that they cast are so good like, and believable yeah. as like residents of this little fake town. It adds so much to the experience of this movie, I think. And um, the devil's in the details. And, and he, he certainly got those kind of details so right, in my opinion, in this movie. He definitely did. Craig. Sean. I haven't seen Mad Max or Road Warrior or Thunderdome, for that matter, in a very, mm-hmm. very long time. Do you think this movie plays to fans uh, of those? I mean, of, of both? Is that like an easy thing to say? Like, oh, okay, like my uncle likes—he loved *Road Warrior*. Is he gonna like this movie? Do you think or no?
1: I would think, if especially if he's a fan of the first of *The Road Warrior*, mm-hmm. then yeah, I, I could I could okay, see that yeah. transferring a little bit. Uh, *Road Warrior* is definitely heavier on the action. Yeah, if your uncle uh, uh, happens to not like character pieces. Might not really enjoy. He may turn this one off. (laughs) Yeah. Waiting around for those cars to show up at the end, but um, but yeah, I could definitely see people uh, glomming onto this.
0: What about Peter Weir fans? I, I gotta say, I'm surprised by how much I've felt watching this that anybody who kind of likes Picnic at Hanging Rock, which I think was just a year after this, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it was quick. I feel like those people would like this movie, you know, like, and they're so different, and yet there's something tonally about the two that I think kind of work as like, oh yeah, of course the same guy made those movies, you know?
1: Yeah, that is a good question, and I feel like, you know, Peter Weir it, like overall I feel like his movies really tended to jump from
0: For sure man holy cow
1: I, I don't know they, they yeah there seems to be a lot of uh, difference between each mm-hmm. one you know so if you're if you're a hardcore Weir fan you you got to see it you got to see where he came from
0: Got to see it yep That's for sure Hey, well, go check it out. It is on DVD. Uh, Hopefully, yeah, there's a better Blu-ray transfer out there somewhere. But I definitely would recommend Filmstruck if you've got the option to look at that. And I think they do a seven-day trial. I don't know, man. It didn't really do anything to me to make me not want to go to Australia. In fact, I think I would like to see the town where they shot this if I ever went just for the hell of it because uh yeah. It's so so small. Like I just I love it. Like it, it you know, if, if they had actually said that they just built this town from scratch, I wouldn't be surprised. Like even on that budget, yeah. like even on that budget, I think it would make sense. Agreed. Wasn't the mayor's house like not finished? Am I crazy? It just seemed like there was like a weird foil covering for part of it. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah,
1: it seemed like like the siding wasn't yeah. finished or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> such a nice little detail. Definitely. If there's other movies from this sort of Australian car craze thing of the 70s or early 80s that uh, you think we ought to see, I, I would love to know more about that. I'm going to have to look into that book, The Last Wave, and some more Australian films from this era because, I don't know, there's just such an interesting quality to them, I think. And they're in English. Yeah. People, so you don't even yeah. have to use subtitles. Isn't that great? Fantastic, Craig. Uh, we'll be back next time to do another Tee up. We're gonna go to Japan. It'll be nice and fun. Any last words for people tonight, though?
1: Uh, last words tonight. Um, uh, dr- uh, don't don't drive in Australia. There
0: you go. Easy peasy.
1: I think that's it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.